Arsenal get demolished and Manchester demolished in the transfer market. And Ronaldo is headed back to the Premier League. All that and more coming up. This is episode 44 of the Going Going Gooner podcast. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to, to the, the Going Going Gooner podcast. We ain't apologizing for nothing today. The, the plain and simple truth is that we suck. So clearly, Alvin listened to the episode. No, he did. I have no doubt. What makes you think more instability is what this club needs right now? Most likely will make one of the best Netflix documentaries since Firefest. The Going Going Gooner podcast is brought to you by your party station, Z89. Welcome back to the Going Going Gooner podcast. I am your host, Arjun, joined by my other host, Kyle. Um, it's going to be a tough episode talking Arsenal, but before we get started, um, make sure to follow our Twitter at ggGoonerPod. And um, yeah, Kyle, it was a tough one against Manchester City this weekend. A 5-0 loss at the Etihad uh, went down to 10 men in the 35th minute. Um, I'll, I'll let you talk us through this one to start. Yeah, so firstly, we are back in person together, so our voices sound a lot crisper. Uh, which I, I will open with by saying, because our voices now sound lovely. They don't sound zoomy anymore. Uh, so it's great to see you, Arjun. It's great to see you, too, um, But it's not great to talk about this circumstance. Uh, for those who did not watch, uh, what I classified as a pummeling, um, Arsenal played City, obviously, as we know. And we went in with less than—we op- less than we were very pessimistic, put it that way. We went in, we predicted, I believe, 4-1 and a 4-0 Lost stars for Arsenal. I believe it was around when we predicted. Or I, four, had, two, four, I, had, one. I had three nil, I think. You had three nil. I had four one, I believe. We both thought we would lose. We didn't even predict that bad of a loss. We lost five nil. The first goal was Gundawan in the seventh minute. Uh then there was a one by Rodri at some point. Uh there was a couple by Ferran Torres and one by Gabriel Jesus mixed in there in the 90 minutes. Uh we had about Six minutes at the start of the match where we played well. We got a shot on goal with, I believe it was Smith Rowe, as we were discussing earlier. It all looked well. And then Callum Chambers, who was playing at center back for this match, which we'll discuss in a little bit, decided he didn't want to jump properly. Or he didn't want to jump at all until the ball was over his head. And Gunuan heads it in. It's Leno tries his best to save it. He hits it off of the inside of the bar and it goes in and 1-0. And then the floodgates clearly opened. At that point, there was no hope for Arsenal. I think that was as blatantly obvious as it could be. This match also was one of the early matches in the Prem here in the U.S. It was very early in the morning. So we watched it. Uh, I believe you went back to sleep. I believe it was No, we- I, I, <laughs> I, tur- I turned it off at halftime to watch Formula One. So Okay, so you, you turned it on <laughs> to watch a better sport. Uh, and I uh, promptly uh, kept it on put the volume off, and went back to bed. And I woke up and went, oh, look at that, there's five now. Um, because it was, it was, I, we we do not swear on this podcast, but if I could swear, I would swear right now. It was bad. It was a very bad showing from Arsenal. Um, and I think what summarizes it, Arjun, a red card. A red card for Arsenal in the, I believe it was the 34th minute, I believe, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Um, we employed a a team with a five at the back, one uh, deep quote unquote deep lying midfielder, and then a cam, two wingers, and a striker. 
how we form, how we had a formation this week. It was Saka, Smithrow, Odegaard, Aubameyang up front, Xhaka on his own in the middle, and then the back five of Tierney, Kolasinac, Holding, Chambers, Cedric with Leno and Net. Um, and when the lineup got announced, we our first reaction was this isn't going to go well because Xhaka's on his own. And what happens at thirty fourth minute? Xhaka does a Xhaka. Yeah, I mean, well, starting with the lineup. So I'll get I'll get the quote unquote excuses out of out of the way right now. I guess. I mean, this team is not fully fit. We know that some of our best players are out and missing. Um, but the, and I would rather Arteta try something new than than toss another four two three one squad out there. But um, a back five of Tierney, Kolasinac, Holding, Chambers, and Cedric against Manchester City is going to get torn apart, and that's what happened. Um, I like the idea of playing Smith Rowe and Odegaard together. I would have preferred if they were playing as um, joint number eights, I guess. But um, just with the way things um, happened, Smith Rowe had to play sort of out on the wing. Odegaard didn't look awful. I mean, it, it just... It was just a bad performance all around. I don't think there was any player that shined at all. Um, because Arsenal had one shot, and it came from Smithrow uh, inside the first five minutes. Arsenal had 19% possession, which 19% is pretty bad, but against City, you're going to expect you're going to have less than 30, around 30 or less than 30%. But, but 19 is especially rough. Yeah. That is the thing. <laughs> but that that is all down to us losing our only deep-lying midfielder to a red card. Um, I'll talk about the red card really quick. The The reason Xhaka was given a red card is because he's granite Xhaka. I really, I really have no other reason to see that that should be given a red card. It's a two-footed challenge, yes. But as soon... Uh, I forgot who the ref was. It was... I believe it was Anthony Taylor. Uh, Anthony Taylor had his own shockers in Liverpool-Chelsea, so it wasn't him. Okay, it wasn't him. We're going to find out who it is, Arjun. Keep but, going. But as soon as the ref saw that it was Xhaka, you saw him pull out the yellow, and then he, he put it back in and, and pulled out the red. Um, Xhaka didn't really make contact with Cancelo. Um, but regardless, uh, I, you know, refereeing decision doesn't really matter here. It was it was Martin Atkinson. Yep. So it didn't really matter uh, in, in this match um, because we would have lost anyway. But Xhaka as a lone pivot is um it's asking for trouble <laughs> it's asking for trouble and also Lakonga has been probably a top three player for for us this year so i would have liked to see him maybe in that role it wouldn't have changed anything we would have still lost the match um but um along with some of the transfer news stuff that we'll talk about a little later i've got to say kyle this is rock bottom this we hit rock bottom so fast and you know we hit rock bottom because I made a point to you before this that the goalkeeper was at fault for none of the goals. Leno could have done nothing about any of the goals. The first one, the Gundawan header, was a close-range header. He got a hand to, but it's a tough one to save because he could have put it literally anywhere on net. That it's tough, he got a hand to it. Okay, props to him. The second goal, the Ferran Torres tap-in, couldn't stop. The third one, Jesus, again, couldn't see. Could not save that. That just it wasn't going to happen. There was it was looping. There's no way he was going to save that. The third one, the Rodri curler. It was from outside of the goal. In he tried. He got close, but that is just a tough one to save for any keeper. And then the last one, the Torres again, 84th minute again, just 
he could not stop a single one of them because it wasn't he would have had to make spectacular saves stop one of them that shows how bad we were that the keeper did not have a shot at any of them because of how bad our team was there was not a single player who looked decent again Odegaard was probably the one of the better ones but like decent is putting it like kindly for him and yeah well this is I say it's rock bottom. We we beat West Brom 6-0 in the Carabao Cup earlier in the week. Not really worth touching on it was West Brom's U23s. Um, but, you know, our, our squad looked really good in that match because we were playing against West Brom's U23s. But the reason I say this is rock bottom is because Arsenal are quite literally at the bottom of the table going into the international break. And at the top of the table is Tottenham. They've won three out of three. They're the only club in the Premier League to have done so already. And Arjun, can I ask you, how many goals have Tottenham scored? Uh, Tottenham have scored three. How many goals have they allowed? Have they conceded? None. How many goals have we scored? None. How many goals have we conceded? Nine. Rock bottom. <laughs> Rock the, bottom. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I saw that this is the worst Premier League start ever. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think maybe, I think Wolves in 0203 or 0304. They're close. Um, had zero goals scored and 10 goals conceded. Um, Again, I said this last week, we have played two of the three best teams in the world, Chelsea and Manchester City. But still, this is, this is, um, awful to say the least, and and coming out of the international break, there there's going to be two weeks. There's World Cup qualifiers going on all over the world, and the first game back is against Norwich, who are right ahead of us in the relegation battle. Um, they have, so, I believe, was scored one, conceded ten. They've scored one so and conceded ten. So, so same goal in the same. Yeah, they're where we are right now, generally in how they're playing. But at least they have some hope. I mean, they signed Ozan Kabak, which we'll discuss in the transfer special at some point, which was, I mean, okay, cool. They signed somebody. I Our transfer discussions, which we'll chat about in a little bit, kind of add to the fuel of the fire, which the main point is that we have more players disgruntled with playing time than we have goals scored. Um, that is... That it, 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 only Arsenal. <laughs> I don't think it's worth talking about our play on the pitch anymore. Um, I think we can just move straight on to talking about the transfers that have, you know, the outgoings that we've said that should happen um, uh, sort of have happened. I guess uh, Willian, officially as of about half an hour ago, an hour ago, has left the club, is heading to Corinthians. His uh, contract has been terminated. Uh, Torreira has gone out on loan. I think it is to Fiorentina. Yeah, he's um, Torreira's on loan, I believe. Fiorentina with a uh, op, uh, with a guarantee to buy, I believe, for like a, a few million. So we lost a lot of money on Torreira. Um, and yeah. the Willian, his key terminated his own contract, which I believe he saved us money, which is the biggest thing, which normally does not happen. Players usually do not leave that much money on the table to go somewhere else. It was being discussed this morning by a bunch of people, and he said it in his statement, which we read before this. And he was like, look, I was never in it for the money. I came here to play. It did not end up working. I mean, the first match he played for us was the he had three assists, which looked great. And then it was all downhill from there. Um, but we wish him the best. He did not he did not do anything bad to us. He just did not play well. That is yeah. the he didn't do anything wrong morally. I, I guess I guess the I guess the thing that I found wrong with what, what Willian brought to the table is that it, it didn't look like he cared for, yeah. for for a long period of time. But with his outgoing statement, obviously wish him all the best going back home to Brazil. Um but uh, Willock is another outgoing, but there have been other outgoing sort of talked about. Kolasinac being one of them. 
which is why I don't get why he started against Manchester City. That yeah. is also a baffling decision. Yeah, can we touch on that real quick? If he's going to leave in a week, or not even two days, three days, why do you play him? I mean, it's it's getting less and less easy to explain some, some of these decisions. <laughs> and um, sort of the breaking point for a lot of people was this morning, Ainsley Maitland-Niles put on his Instagram story that um, he just, I'll try and find it word I, for word. Yeah, I, I got you here. Uh, that it's basically he's, he's upset with his playing time yeah. that he wants to be somewhere where he's wanted. Yeah. And, and his, Kyle, go ahead. his official statement this morning was quote unquote, all I want to do is go where I'm wanted and where I'm going to play three crying emojis at Arsenal. And the rumors this morning swirled immediately, uh, of a permanent move to Everton. I think it might have been a loan um, to permanent, a loan, a loan, some, yeah. some move to Everton. Something that would get him permanently at Everton after it's done. Um, and it looks like he wants to move. And David Ornstein, I believe, put it out this morning that he went to the Arsenal brass and the Arsenal manager to Arteta and said, I really want to play right back, right wing back this season because apparently that's where he really wants to play. We've always assumed he wanted to play midfield because that's where he's looked best. But he got his call up for England as a right back, right wing back. And he said, I really want to try and push more there. And Arsenal, a team with Hector Bellerin, Cedric, and Callum Chambers at right back. Couldn't get him into the rotation? I mean, the the fact that Maitland-Niles is probably the best right back out of the four, has played the best most recently for us. Um, Callum Chambers actually looked okay at, at towards the tail end of last season, but the, the start to this season has been shocking for him. Cedric hasn't really put in a, a crazy amount of impressive performances, and we we all know both of our feelings on Hector Bellerin. Um, he is he is still probably rumored to be out. I think uh, AFC Bell tweeted today that Barcelona is a possible candidate to go in so for are, him because I they Getafe and Villarreal, yeah, or Valencia, a bunch of the Spanish they, clubs are in for him because uh, Barcelona have sold Emerson Royal to um, Spurs. to Spurs. <laughs> So Bellerin could still be on his way out, but the transfer window closes quite literally tomorrow, August 31st. Um, it'll be today for the listeners. But uh, I don't think there will be any more incomings. It will just be outgoings. And the, the narrative has been that Arsenal has spent the most out of every Premier League club in this transfer window. And I don't. we haven't gotten any better, I don't think. Because, because we talked about this last week, that, that we think the... Based on the ages of the players that we've signed, the money that we've spent on them, Arsenal are going to back Arteta for 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 a while to come. Because I don't know why you would bring in so many youngsters. If a new manager doesn't want those players, then they're going to go to waste. It, it's just a really unfortunate situation. The man, the man management doesn't look to be there. People are really upset at Arteta and Edu. Uh, the international break, I think, will will make it a little quieter. But if we don't get all three points against Norwich, that's I, I, I he's got to go. We we went into this hoping we'd have three points from the three matches. It was kind of the goal. So you get three. If we can get more than that, it's a positive. That means we took points off of City or Chelsea. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, we ended with zero points. And as you said, if we go into Norwich and we lose, which, gonna be honest, there's probably a likelihood we could lose this match based on how we're playing. The only match we've looked at least decent was in the EFL Cup against West Brom, where we scored six, because why not? I just, I'm looking at this fixture list, and I I worry for us, because we have Norwich, 
Then we have the next weekend, the 18th, we have Burnley. The Carabao Cup, we have AFC Wimbledon on the 21st. And the 26th, we have Spurs. If by the Spurs match, we do not have three points, Arteta should be gone, I think. Um, I Which mean, I never thought I would have to say through six matches, we need to have at least three points. I never thought that'd come out of my mouth. I mean, we've both sort of been Arteta not out, but uh, it just seems like w- with the Emery situation, he had lost the dressing room. Um, and also, he wasn't putting in results on the pitch. At least for the last year or so, the the players have seemed to sort of believe in what Arteta is doing. But now, uh, maybe the Maitland-Niles situation is, is is revealing some cracks in there. Mesut Ozil, after our match against City, tweeted, trust the process with a, with a heartbreak emoji. Yeah, no, so, that, was, that was a rough one. <laughs> so, so, I mean, if he speaks out on what he went through with the club being frozen out, um, then, then that could that could even lead to even more um, um, upset fans at Arteta, and it would well, I would I would be very upset because Mesut Ozil, my one of my favorite Arsenal players ever, was frozen out of the club, was transferred, and we don't know what happened there. Well, I believe uh, AFC Bell tweeted out this morning that Ozil is in talks with a film company to make some sort of documentary with Ozil, some other players and management about what happened with him, which. If and when that could come out, that might break Arsenal. That, like, legitimately may break our fandom. That our fandom is known for being very expecting, very serious, very wild, very everything. And if that were to come out, if Ozil's documentary, whatever you want to call it, comes out, his tell-all, oh my god. It, I just... Because the things that are going to be said are going to be crazy. And AFC Bell tweeted out this morning, or I believe Orensi tweeted out, someone did. Was it the Bell? Who I'm tweeted out as well that there is apparently going to be a report coming out today within a few a few hours or so or by tomorrow. So at some point before, while this podcast is being uploaded about a player in the Arsenal management. We do not know who. We do not know where. It is apparently in the upper management, but that could also mean Arteta. It could mean Vinay, it could mean Edu, it could mean a lot of people that it could come out about one of them being mismanaging and not being a good person, a good manager, essentially. Um, we do not know more than that. We are waiting for it to come out. But that plus the Arsenal, the Ozil things, the Maitland-Niles statement, it feels like slowly Arsenal is breaking down. And I don't remember who said it this weekend. But they were like, Arsenal's identity is just gone. Anything we have had for the past few years of like, oh, we still look like we try sometimes. Right now, that's just gone. Two seasons ago, the only reason we made it to the Europa League was because of Aubameyang. Last year, the only reason we survived anything is because of Saka. Saka, Tierney, and then Smithrow coming back in the side are the only reason we got any points the second half of that season. Those three players, and then Alba the year before, were the sole reason... We stayed afloat. And the only reason we got Ben White and we got Lokonga and we got Nuno Tavares and we got all of these players. That's the reason why. Because of three players or in the case of one player saving us. That's not going to happen right now. Because no, the only player who has played well is Lokonga, but he can't score goals from midfield. He, he can, obviously, but... 
I, Alba's not going to score anything. Locke is not going to score. Apparently, Locke is going to leave after the season. Apparently, he's going to let the contract run out and leave. I We're... We're a dumpster fire right now. I'm gonna yeah. say it. We're a dumpster fire. This club is completely in disarray, and um, we, we have to see what emerges. Um, the transfer, the sorry, the international break will probably be a, a nice break for everybody. Um, but I don't know. It just the the last couple years has have <clears throat> have been really difficult as an Arsenal fan. But at least we've had something to look forward to. In you know, like oh, our future looks good. Maybe we have a we have a rebuilding process, but there's just nothing here. And I've said it, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Maybe Arteta is the problem. Maybe maybe Adu is the problem. But nothing's gonna change until the Cronkies go. Um, and nothing's gonna change until we can prove that we're a serious club again. Um, it's it's depressing. It's 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 really it's it's so much more difficult trying to trying to articulate my thoughts on this because I don't know if I have any because I, we just have to sit back and watch this happen. And mm. and and the the fan pressure is already there um and 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 there's nothing that 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 we can do to sort of to sort of fix this and it it makes you feel sort of helpless as a fan that all of this crazy stuff is happening that that the man man the man management and the pitch management is just getting worse by the week and and we don't know who or what could come in to fix it and it, there's no quick fix obviously this is a club that after Wenger left um lost a lot of identity because Arsene Wenger was Arsenal he was so big for us but it's like a, a club like Manchester United lost Sir Alex Ferguson. He was the club's heartbeat for so long. It took them a while. It took them going through Van Hall, Moyes, Mourinho. Um and now they're back to an old club uh, an old a player legend. for the club. Yeah. And and now they're they're making huge moves. Yeah. And they uh, and we'll discuss their moves in a second, but like they went through this turmoil and they came out better than the other side and we seem to just be going through what they're going through, and ne but never were but United in the position we are because they could they even even United a midway through their point like maybe a year or two ago for us would have been they signed Pogba, they signed a top player in the world, and it it showed everyone doesn't matter if we suck, we got Paul Pogba, we can still get the top players in the world. Who do we go out and sign? Ben White. No disrespect to the man. He's not near the level of Paul Pogba, not even in the same, not even the same universe. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry, the Ben White thing just reminded me of one more thing that I I should have touched on earlier, but I mean starting starting Kolasinac in a game like this, um, obviously Gabriel's still injured. Um, you can start Chambers at center back, whatever. Pablo Mari's been terrible, but. I mean, it just makes me think, like, what went wrong with William Saliba and Matteo Ganduzi. Saliba out on loan right now. Ganduzi out on loan right now. Ganduzi may be a bit more hot-headed. Maybe the personality is a concern there. But Saliba is someone this club could use right now. He, and, we and, could use him. And even just put Nuno Tavares at left wing back and put Tierney at center back. I'd much prefer that. Tierney at least is a sound center back if he needs to be in a back three with a wing back next to him. 
He's better than Kolasinac by a mile. And and, and Tierney Tierney knows how to play that position. He does it yeah. for Scotland with, with Andy Robertson alongside yeah. him in that left and back Nuno role. And Tomorrow's has shown he can play at least a little bit. Yeah, He's I not mean, bad. But <laughs> uh, again, that that. In the grand scheme of things, it wouldn't have made a difference. We were playing Manchester City. The match would have been gone anyway, but that's not a reason to put Kolasinac in in the lineup when he's possibly leaving in the next two days. Um, The the Saliba situation, again, we we said it when it happened that that it could be a smart thing to do because other clubs do stuff like this. Chelsea has offloaded, have offloaded some of their younger defenders. Um, Livermento has gone to Southampton permanently, and he is a, a great talent. Um, Tamori, someone like Tamori, has gone to AC Milan. He was um, sort of not really frozen out, but but they have loaned out players. Ethan Ampadu, yes, like they lot have of loaned them. out players systematically and brought them back and put them in the squad to play very well. And that may be something that we're trying to do here, but not when the depth already isn't there. I don't think you you can offload a really good young center back that that could be doing well for us. I, I saw. Um, I saw a tweet. I'm not sure who it was. It was a quote that that you would rather go, you would rather have a 20 year old go out on loan and learn than making mistakes for your own club. But this club is 20th right now. We could use someone better than Saad Kolasinac at the center back position. Someone better than Pablo Marie at the center back position, and and certainly someone better than Bellerin Chambers. And Cedric, who's already on the payroll at the right back position, that that we are looking at loaning out to Everton, uh, in Ainsley, in Ainsley Maitland Niles. So, I don't know. It's just so difficult. the The club, the 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 squad, may be back to full fitness by the time the Norwich match happens. Partey should be back. Gabriel should be back. Um, I think Lacazette will be available again. Uh, I think he was available for the City match. Um, I he, believe he's, he scored yeah. against West Brom. So yes, he's back. But I don't know. It's just it's. I really don't know where we go from here. the The results the the next two results against Norwich and Burnley are make or break. If we don't get six points from those, uh, you I really have reason to believe that Arteta will be gone before the North London derby. I yeah I agree. And the tweet you I think you may have been talking about or one similar to it is Patrick Timmons tweeted it out one of the main Arsenal fans, and it was a quote from Arsene Wenger in 2017. You pay for the education of young players with points. If I play a 20-year-old center back, I know it'll cost me points during the season, and I have to stand up for that. A less talented 28-year-old would cost me fewer points. However, by 2023, 24, so five, six years, you have a player. You have a better player. That's just how it's going to work. It'll save you more points later, but it'll cost you more points now. Why don't we take that approach with Saliba? Why, what's holding us back from this? We know he's better than about 90% of the options we have. The only players I'd put above him would be Ben White or Gabriel, but we wouldn't have needed Gabriel. Even I put holding, I put holding above Saliba. Okay, but we wouldn't need Ben White if we kept Saliba. It, it just, I again, I want to know what's happening because clearly something has to have happened behind the scenes that caused Saliba to want to leave and go out on loan constantly, and maybe not even ever come back to the club. Something has to have happened. We have to be missing something that it. It seems too, quote-unquote, Arsenal-friendly for him to have just been leaving and not enjoyed his time at the club. There's got to be something that actually happened here. And the ship will not be rectified until we figure out our problem everywhere. Getting players back healthy will help. 
We're about to get Thomas Partey back after the international break. We're going to get Gabrielle back, Ben White back from uh, COVID and health, obviously, in general for Gabrielle because he was in the World Cup. Uh, or the Euros. No. Olympics. Olympics. That one. Third competition, I said. It's fine. So hopefully we'll have them back. We'll have Tierney at left back. Leno in goal. The front should be fine. Hopefully we can get a goal or two out of bombing. He scored a hat trick at the, in the midweek, so he was in form. I I mean, the, the more I think... Uh, the sadder I get because <laughs> it hurts more because more. it because the more I t- articulate it, the worse it gets because it there's no quick fix as we've said there's no sack Arteta get Conte in and and oh suddenly we're top six contenders again and it, no matter what happens it's this is uh, an issue ingrained in the club and it seems like we'll just have to deal with it unle- until something changes and and it sucks because I love this club I love this sport but I found myself turning off games because I don't want to watch us play anymore. I found myself going to watch other things because I don't want to watch us play anymore. And, if and, I can, and that's, yeah. that's something I've never had to deal with as an Arsenal fan because when when I started supporting this club back in 2012-13, when, when the Premier League really started becoming more accessible in the U.S., that this was a club that was fun to watch, a club that had top-class players in, in Sanchez and Ozil eventually in 2015, and a club that had direction. But uh, after coming second in 2015-16 um, in, in the year Leicester won the title, um, that was really the last year that it was exciting to be an Arsenal fan because, you know, we, we could feel Wenger's tenure, you know, coming to, to a close. And then Emery came in. We could feel his tactics going down the drain, his, his management style going down the drain. And then Arteta coming in, I guess we were excited about that, you know, him working under Pep for so long. And and Pep still backed Arteta, and maybe he's doing a little bit of mind games here, like we, we want this guy to, to keep managing Arsenal, so it's a free six points every year. Um, <laughs> Imagine. But it, it's just, it, it's been downhill, and, and I don't see an uphill anytime soon, which is depressing because, you know, I'm going to sit down and watch watch the club every week, but I don't want to have to turn the game off at halftime anymore. Uh, I mean, if you if if you as an Arsenal fan made it through this five nil match without turning it off, props that's, to you. That's props, props to, to you. you. Loyalty points through the roof because um, after the third goal went in and and we were down to ten men, there was no reason. There's no reason to put myself through that anymore. No. There's no reason to. There's not. And what pains me is in the past we've seen Arsenal ever so often make this random like last three-day move to just add depth somewhere. And this year, that's not going to happen. That The two teams that were in the same position of we'd made our signings, we made our money signings, we were kind of done, and we're just going to sell from here on out were Manchester United and Arsenal. And we're going to change subject here because Manchester United made that move to, you know, Add some depth, Arjun. Do you know who they added for depth? Chris, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano I mean, Ronaldo for depth. So this <laughs> this was this was a massive transfer saga. I mean, when it when it came out, it was it was between recording our last episode. So when we when we sat down, when we talked about it, we thought Ronaldo was going to go to City, and both of us had said that. Um, sort of we would lose a little bit of respect for Ronaldo because he has said before that he would never go to City. Uh, he did say that he would never go to City for money reasons because, you know, he doesn't need the money anymore. That's something he said before. But, you know, being being a United, it, I don't think 
you, you can call him a club legend. You he's can. A, he's a club he, legend. Yeah. Being a United club legend, going to the you know the biggest rival of Manchester United, um, wouldn't really you know when when Ronaldo fans will will talk about oh uh, Messi needs to go to another league to to prove himself, um, but you know loyalty is important to Leo. Um, you know, but I, I, you know, with Ronaldo trying to force that move to City, I guess, um, you know, the narrative was sort of flipped. But surprise twist, I wake up, what is it, Friday morning, I think. Um, sorry. It was, if I can, so yeah. on, I believe it was Thursday, uh, I can check. All of the news was about how Ronaldo wanted out. And then about three out, two or three hours later from Fritz Romano, all the news all of a sudden was, Ronaldo wants out and wants to go to City. And then Jorge Mendez was flying everywhere. And people were trying to figure out where he was going. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to happen. And that was it for, I believe, the entire day. The entire, It was like the morning it, it like popped up and then, bam, the entire day gone. And then and then the, the Champions League draw was Champions that League day. Champions League draw was that day. And PSG. it's like PSG versus Man City and Drew together. And it's like, oh, my gosh, we could see Ronaldo Messi again. And it's everyone on Twitter went nuts. And then, suddenly, out of nowhere, everyone in the U.S. goes to bed. We wake up around 7, 6, 7 a.m. Tweets from Romano come out. Talks with Man City fell through. United now the front runners. And about four hours later, United announced Cristiano Ronaldo is coming back. And it is now the most liked Instagram post by a sports team of all time. And so of all time, <laughs> let me let me talk about this deal because United don't need Ronaldo. No, they don't. And I mean, obviously, it's great for brand. It's great to have um, a goal scorer up there. But they've they've got they've got Rashford, they've got Sancho, they've got Cavani, they've got Greenwood, who's been tearing it up and needs to get more game time. And I thought he would get less game time because of the the arrivals of Sancho uh, and and. Um, Cavani uh, and, being and, and there. Cavani and, and, and Rashford, Rashford coming back from injury, Marcial yeah. coming back from injury. Like it, it, I thought it's a loaded I thought, room. And, and and now you add Ronaldo to that mix, and now suddenly players will get frozen out, and and they have a massive need for a holding midfielder. Yeah, you. They, it, it's not sustainable for United. I don't think this wins them the title. I don't think so, because Chelsea made a better move by getting Lukaku. Uh, City um, already extremely strong. Don't really have that striker position now. Ronaldo would have been perfect for City. I I don't Ronaldo think he, would, he wouldn't have, been, have. I don't think he would have fit the system, but he would have made, given them the goal scorer they needed, which which would have been like I. We discuss absurdity. Ronaldo put into just chucked up there into that team. I. Uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. That's no 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 no. You cannot do that. Like I mean, Pogba Pogba and Fernandez obviously are mainstays of that midfield, but now you've got a hole. And and it's not sustainable to toss Fred in there because no. Fred Fred has put in two awful performances against Southampton and Wolves respectively. And McTominay's hurt, so he can't play right now. McTominay is a good player, but he's not enough in in such an important position. United, um, they, they they sort of there were talks for Sal Niguez, um, and and Chelsea. I don't Chelsea, think Sal would have fit though. Chelsea are also sort of talking to Saul as Saul as well. I mean. See, United still have holes. United still have holes that I, I don't know. Donny Vandebeck, um, what is just a complete waste of a signing, complete waste yeah. of a talent. <laughs> so unfortunate. I feel really bad for Vandebeck because he's such a talented player. I guess he just doesn't fit. 
sell him to Arsenal for like nothing. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll swap you him and Kolasinac. We'll do it. We'll do. It. You're gonna get a better deal. I promise. Yeah, they definitely need a left back. United do. Yep. Um, um, but still, I think we'll we'll talk about where each Premier League club stands after the transfer window on our transfer special because there's still a day. But this Ronaldo deal, it's good for the Premier League. Um, oh, it's uh, huge it'll be, for the Premier it'll League. It'll be extremely exciting to see Cristiano Ronaldo back in the Premier League. Um, but I didn't want to see him back in the Premier League, frankly, because he's still a top five player in the world, I'd say. Maybe not the second best in the world anymore. He regressed a little bit last year at Juventus. But he's still he's still Cristiano Ronaldo. I love seeing Ronaldo in Premier League. And someone tweeted this out. I, I love seeing him here. But I won't love it as much when he scores a hat trick against Arsenal. That's when I'll stop bluffing it. Um, but I, I, I agree. I don't think this wins them the title. But it fills one of the two holes I think they had. Cavani is a goal scorer and he's a poacher. Ronaldo is a better version of that. Even though Ronaldo is Ronaldo and he's older, he's a better version of what Cavani is. And I think you could agree to that. That mm-hmm. Ronaldo, they're two different styles of player, but they play the similar way of. I'm just going to get goals now. They're both older. They both wanted to score goals. Ronaldo, I'd prefer him to Cavani any day of the week. Um, they fill the hole of we need a permanent goal scorer up front along with Greenwood, Sancho, Rashford, Martial, whoever else they have up front. Someone's going to be sold or loaned out somewhere. Lingard's probably gone. Uh, it's, well, Lingard, Lingard has a better chance to stay because Dan James has been sold to Leeds. He's been sold to Leeds, but somebody else in that room is on the way out somewhere. And, and I don't United, know who, but somebody. The, the fact that we aren't able to get money for players like Bellerin and and more money for players like Willick, but United can offload Dan James for thirty million pounds. It's crazy. Like the only time we've ever fleeced a club like that is when we sold Iwobi. That was that, that was the sale of the century. And that will <laughs> never that will never happen again to but us that, because but, we because yeah. Bellerin was available for that amount of money last summer. And now Bellerin will not go for over 20 mil. In the same window, we could have sold Bellerin and Iwobi for a combined like 90 million euros. We could have sold the two of them for like 90 mil. And it would have been the fleece of the century. But no, we sold just Iwobi, which I love him. I've loved him. I love watching him, everything. But he was not worth that money. It was in very inflated transfer market. He was a young player. He, he got more than we probably, we probably could have got way less for him. Oh, we sold him free. Way too much. Uh, so shout out to you, Everton. Um, but I just, I look at it like, what, how? And I also want to say this. I saw people saying, oh, how do they only pay $30 million for Ronaldo? There is a multitude of reasons why it was only $30 million. The biggest one being his contract is that of the size of bars. I mean... His contract is going to be absurd at United. And so they've got, though, Juve had to take that into account. Plus, he wanted to leave. So they probably talked to him and he was like, I want out. And you and he's what, a free agent after the season, I believe, as well. So it's it was a mixed bag of things happening that caused his price to go down and down and down. I mean, what is it? Kamavinga's contract he's gonna, might be sold to Real Madrid for $30 million. We'll discuss him later uh, on the Treasure Special. And, I mean, the other one, which we have to discuss, though, because his price also is dropped because of the pandemic and because of his contract situation, is Kylian Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe right now, Arjun, and I'll let, throw it to you to discuss this more, at, up, up until today. Because today, some stuff happened, and you'll touch on that. He was apparently, he wants out, and he wants out to Real Madrid, something we've known for a while, 
but he kind of made it public now. And the Leonardo, the PSG, I believe, CEO or the whatever he does for PSG stated Mbappe wants to leave. And we went in going into the weekend with the PSG uh, Rem game, thought this might be the only chance to see uh, Messi, Eminem, Messi, Neymar, Mbappe. Neymar got subbed off for Messi, so we didn't get to see it. But Arjun, it looks like Mbappe might actually stay. <laughs> yeah, Real pulled out of contract negotiations, uh, transfer fee negotiations. And, I mean, uh, I'm not sure what PSG are doing here because the, he's gone next summer. Oh, and yeah, he's, he's out. He, is a free, he will be a free agent. He will leave on a free to Real Madrid. If I'm Real Madrid, I can wait another year for Mbappe. And, and I guess that's why they pulled out. But... Uh, th- this deal, there there has to be something going on behind the scenes. Because if I'm Florentino Perez of Real Madrid, I wait another summer. I don't even try and start negotiations for 200 million euros for someone I can get for free next summer. And you know what the worst part of this is, if I can really quickly say? PSG could have used that money to buy Erling Holland to, oh, we'll get rid of Mbappe, we'll get a striker. Now we can put him between Neymar and Messi. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know why PSG didn't sell because that's two hundred million dollar sorry euros they've lost. But it's PSG. They have money. They they have their income stream. Um, it's just there has to be something going on that we aren't aware of because financially, um, maybe maybe I'm just dumb. Financially, this makes no sense to me. None. Why to, <laughs> for either club? Um, financially. It makes no sense to me why PSG wouldn't sell right now. Financially, it makes no sense to me why Real would try and buy right now. Um, best situation for not everyone involved because PSG lose out on a ton of money. But, I mean, if Mbappe wants to leave, if he's going to leave eventually, but he, I'm sure he's fine with playing another year at PSG with Messi and Neymar. Yeah, and, I mean, he scored two goals in the match this week against Rem. He scored two like, it was this whole, oh, he's starting. Oh, he might not leave now. And then he scored two. And he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll stay for another year. Why not? And, oh, I get to play with Messi. I guess I can I guess I guess can play with Messi for a year. I guess. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I need this explained to me like I'm a child because it, it, uh, there has to be something else going on. It just it makes zero sense that Real Madrid would have to bid that much money to get Mbappe when they could get him for free. Um, but if I was PSG... And I got that offer of however much they wanted 170, I believe, with 10 million add-ons. If they got the offer of whatever it was like 150, 160, what Real offered, if they'd gotten that, I would have taken that money and flown to Germany, flown to Dortmund, and said, "Hey, Borussia Dortmund, here's this money. Take it. Give us Erling Holland." And they would have won. They would have won that because they would have lost Mbappe the year afterwards for free, and they would have had Erling Holland to show for it. That it, I I don't I don't get I don't get any this makes no sense I don't this this week transfer wise exploded everyone's brains because Ronaldo happened and Mbappe happened and it felt like the world crumbled for like a good two days because Mbappe's news came out and then the day after the, that that day was rumors of oh Mbappe wants out to Real Madrid and Ronaldo might want to leave and go to PSG instead to play with Messi and Neymar. And then the next day was when the Ronaldo news dropped, uh, him going to City. That was it, it started a whole trend of Mbappe, next day Ronaldo to City, next day Ronaldo United confirmed. It was a wild like 72 hours worth of transfer news that we will not see again for a long time. 
and people that do not understand that the footballing world, that soccer is the biggest sport in the world, I will reiterate this. The Manchester United announcement Instagram post and the tweet of Cristiano Ronaldo coming back to Real, to Manchester United is the most liked Instagram post by a sports team of all time. Just think about that for a second. The most liked post on Instagram by any sports team of all time and their tweet about Ronaldo coming back on the official Manchester United page. I'm going to quickly try and pull it up here. I, I don't even want to know what this is at, to be honest with you. Um, I'm just I'm scrolling back currently trying to find it. I'm guessing it's somewhere in the millions. It has to be. Um, it's going to be just an absurd number um, for tweets for them. The tweet currently for them has two over 2 million likes and over 860,000 retweets. That is an absurd number. I believe that's up with where PSG and Messi was. I mm -hmm. can, if I can quickly check that, it's it's gonna be and I pretty mean, much Ronaldo, up there. Ronaldo being back in the Premier League is 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 great. Um, I, I saw a tweet from it was hilarious at uh, Gaffer and Five on Twitter. He said, "When when Ronaldo scores at the Emirates, I'll sue with him." <laughs> That's so funny. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, with with the Premier League. Uh, with sort of Arsenal being so bad, it's it's the Premier League is going to be really interesting. A at least, at least we have like a four horse title race because that's something we can focus on. And and I'll start, um, I'll sort of close with where the Premier League is at going into um, the international break. So Tottenham have won all of their games one nil. Um, the the match I think the second match they played was against um, the second match they played was against Wolves. They had um, six shots on target. Uh, Deli Alley scored with a penalty in the tenth minute, and then they beat Watford yesterday um, off a Hyungmin Sun goal. And their first match against Manchester City, obviously tactical masterclass. They played very well that match. So Tottenham nine points at the top. West Ham have put in great performances to start the season. They've scored ten goals in three matches. United are third, Chelsea are fourth, Liverpool are fifth. Everton, great start to the season just like they had last year under, um, uh, this time under Rafa Benitez. And City are in seventh, Brighton, Leicester, and Brentford round out the top ten. The relegation zone is Wolves, Norwich, and Arsenal. Wolves have been really unlucky. They've played pretty well. Um, lost to Manchester United 1-0 again, as I said, and lost to Tottenham 1-0, and lost to Leicester 1-0. So this is a yikes for us. This is a yikes and a half. <laughs> and it's three matches out of 38. We are not even one tenth of the way through the season. And we, so, started, we started poorly last year, but this is a god awful start. It's it's a whole new level. And and I think the next two matches are huge. I, I think the Wimbledon match in the Carabao Cup should be a, a similar wash to what it was against West Brom. But the next two matches are huge. And obviously we have a North London derby. Uh, coming up, so we'll we'll have the preview of that for you. It's it's coming up in um, a month, so it, we've got time because the international break is is obviously two weeks. I also um, want to make a note, by the way, we did not discuss this on the uh, earlier, but uh, Reese Nelson, I believe, is on the move to Feyenoord after the Feyenoord's Ahmad Diallo move fell through because Diallo picked up an injury in training with United. So Reese Nelson also is on his way out. I forgot to touch on that. I realized it while I was scrolling through Twitter. Um, so sorry to cut you off there. But he's also on his way out. He was one of the players we said should leave. 
He's leaving, I believe, on loan. I think it's an option to buy. I could be wrong with that. Um, I'll check on that later. Um, but, yeah, the international break hopefully should help Arjun because this, I mean, it's just right now the top seven is Spurs, West Ham, United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Everton, City. You know, usual suspects up there. Uh, but one usual suspect is at the opposite end of the table, and that is us. It is just... Oh my! I don't. I don't even know how to discuss the abysmal start we've had without just saying it has not been good. And yes, Arteta, we we are still on the train of keep Arteta. But as Arjun has said throughout this episode, we are scary close to a point of no return for him. Where if say we go into that Spurs match with no points, he better be gone. He if if we go into that match with no points and. Say we lose that match, Arjun. Say we lose to Spurs and we go 0 for 6. Six losses, no draws, no wins, no points. If he is not thrown out of the building after that match, all of the Arsenal supporters will go there themselves to London Colony, take him, and chuck him in a dumpster. Because that would be the worst start we've ever seen. If if he's not, if we go 0 for 5, he's done. I don't even think he lasts until Tottenham, and he shouldn't. He shouldn't. Um, because uh, at the start of the season, I, I had been pretty vocal about my my intention that that I think the board is backing Arteta because of the signings we've made this summer, and I think that the board uh, will back him. Uh, and I backed him, and I was okay with saying that openly, but now it's tougher to say that, you know, because um, him and Adu just it just hasn't been working and I don't know when it will work. Um, for a club of the size of Arsenal, it needs to be better than this, frankly, plain and simple. Yeah, it does. And it's 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 only going to continue to be a, a uh, heck of a time for Arsenal. I don't even know how to put it for us. Um, it's not going to be fun. Um, we obviously, because Arsenal are now on a break, up through September 11th, which is when we play Norwich. Um, we're going to have a bit of a week uh, hiatus, but we're going to have a Saints episode dropping. We also will drop our transfer special. We will have a special guest on with us to discuss all transfers in the Prem and the big ones around the globe because uh, there is a whole lot of transfers to discuss. Obviously, you know, certain players by the name of Ronaldo and Messi have moved, you know, small names. Um, so we'll have a transfer special up to discuss that. So we'll keep your footballing brains uh, full and full of excitement, along with a New Orleans Saints episode before the season starts for us, because it does get back underway for the Saints on the 12th of September, the day after the next Arsenal match, which is going to be a very fun 24 hours for us. Uh, but Arjun, episode 44 in the books. Thank you all for listening. Again, check us out on Twitter, at Pod. We'll try and get some polls up there about who on the transfer window uh, what should happen to Arteta, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Arjun, time to wrap it up. We will talk to all of you listeners later.